شهد الله أنه لا إله إلا هو والملائكة والملائكة وأولو العلم قائما بالقسط لا إله إلا هو العزيز الحكيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على عبده ورسوله نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين ما بعد So this chapter is an offshoot from last week's chapter and last week we took we spoke about من أطاع العلماء والأمراء في تحريم ما أحرم الله أو تحريم ما أحل الله Those people who make things halal or obey leaders or, or, or scholars when it comes to making something that is halal haram or something that is haram halal and by that you have taken them as a tarut. If, if, if we've taken, if you've taken Surah Thalatha before, the end of it. Remember, we spoke about a tawagit, different different types of tarut, and we said the tarut is anyone, as Ibn Qayyim rahimahullah taala mentions, and he defines the tarut, and he says it is, كل ما تجاوز العبد به حده, anything that a slave he uses to go overboard, because the tarut it comes from the word taga, taga, it's for water to overspill. Huh? And some of your brothers are making tea. <laughs> it overspills, huh? فَلَمَّا طَغَى الْمَاءَ Allah says in the Quran, فَلَمَّا طَغَى الْمَاءَ حَمَلْنَاكُمْ فِي الْجَارِيَةِ When the water overspilled. That's the word طَغَى, that's where it comes from. And طَغُوت is to go overboard, just like that. To go overboard when it comes to worshipping. كُلُّ مَا تَجَاوَزَ بِهِ الْعَبْدُ حَدَّهُ مِنْ مِنْ مَعْبُودٍ when it comes to you worshipping someone else other than Allah, anyone that is worshipped other than Allah, and he's pleased with it, or he calls to it, then he's a tagut. Or you follow someone other than Allah. Right? Or you obey someone other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, generally. يعني make it general obedience. مطلقاً. You give them full obedience. I'm going to obey you no matter, no matter what. Or you follow them in whatever they say, no matter what. Then this is a tagut that you've taken besides Allah. And from amongst that is the scholars and the leaders, the people they follow and they um, obey when it comes to the disobedience of Allah. Or they follow them when it comes to believing something is halal, they believe it's haram because of a leader or a scholar said it. Even though, when I'm talking about a scholar gives you a fatwa, we're talking about someone who you believe because he's a person of knowledge or he's a Sufi sheikh. As you mentioned, the Sufi sheikhs, they have their leaders where that leader, he has a secret between him and Allah and he knows things that no one else knows. So he can make things halal if he wants, and he can make things haram if he wants. This is talking about, this is when it's shirk, right? And so these are from the tawagheet. And from the tawagheet are also those people who uh, rule by other than the sharia of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To take the ruling of anyone other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can make a person into a tawagheet, and this is what it's talking about here. This chapter is talking about al-hukum or al-tahakum ila ghayrillah. Taking your ruling to other than Allah. So, يعني, what does it mean by that? Um, in clearer, in clearer definition, يعني, returning your affairs back to. In your, when it comes to judgment, you return your affairs to other, someone other than Allah, right? For example, you have a dispute. You and your friend, you have a dispute, and instead of taking it to the the courts, the Sharia courts, you take it to the non-Muslim courts, the constitutional courts. This is called a tahakum to take your disputed affairs to a court, this tahakum. And what is obligatory is for us as Muslims to make our tahakum only to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We only make our, when, we, when it comes to 
uh, taking our disputes or our affairs and in our disputes, we have to take all of them only to the Quran and the Sunnah. Uh, no, no one other than that. We cannot take your your affairs to a constitutional court uh, or British law or West, any other law other than the law of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. This is part of tahakum. This is part of at tahakum. Um, but what also comes under tahakum and hukum bima Allah to rule by what the Sharia of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala um, told us is anything. And it comes when it comes to halal and haram. Anything when it comes to halal and haram is a part of making hukum, part of ruling. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran about the, the Arab who would kill his daughter and bury his daughter alive because they didn't want to have a daughter. He says, وَإِذَا بُشِّرَ أَحَدُهُمْ بِالْأُنْثَى ظَلَّ وَجْهُهُ مُسْوَدًّا وَهُوَ كَظِيمٌ When one of them they're given news that their, their, their newborn child is a daughter, their face goes dark. They're sad. وَهُوَ كَظِيمٌ And he's very angry. يَتَوَارَى مِنَ الْقَوْمِ مِنْ سُوءِ مَا بُشِّرَ بِهِ He's hiding from the people because of how evil, bad news that he got, that he got a daughter. That is the belief that they had, some of them. And he's thinking he has two options. Either he's going to keep this daughter, but he's going to be embarrassed and humiliated that he has a daughter. Or he's going to put, him, put the daughter into, into the earth, يعني bury them alive. They didn't like their, their daughters. And Allah says, Ala sa'ama yahkumun. What an evil hukum they give they've given. So any action that you do is come it comes under hukum bima anzalallah or hukum bighayri ma anzalallah. When it comes to um, praying, if you don't pray, then you have not done hukum bima anzalallah. If you shave your beard, then you haven't done hukum bima anzalallah. You haven't ruled by what Allah has revealed. If you do any sin, then you have not done hukum bima anzalallah. Therefore, you come under and it's a type of it's a type of obedience to other than Allah, right? Do you understand that? Hukum bima anzalallah is for you to do everything that is halal. I mean, to do, to stay away from things that are haram and to only do things that are halal. This is the general broad sense of the meaning. This is the meaning, the the, the the broad meaning of the word, yani of the concept of hukum bima anzalallah. As for when it comes to tahakum, that you go and you. Return your affairs back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And Allah azza wa jalla says in the Quran أَلَمْ تَرَ إِلَى الَّذِينَ يَزْعُمُونَ أَنَّهُمْ آمَنُوا بِمَا أُنزِلَ إِلَيْكَ وَمَا أُنزِلَ مِنْ قَبْلِكَ يُرِيدُونَ أَنْ يَتَحَاكَمُوا إِلَى الطَّاغُوتِ وَقَدْ أُمِرُوا أَنْ يَكْفُرُوا بِهِ وَيُرِيدُ الشَّيْطَانُ أَنْ يُضِلَّهُمْ ضَلَالًا بَعِيدًا Allah says, have you not seen those people in a, in a, in a, in a strange way? In a, in a way where you're amazed, he's amazed. This alam tara is a, is a, is a uh, wording in the Arabic language to show shock, right? Alam tara ila alladhina yaz'umun annahum amanu. Do you see these people? They claim that they believe. Bima unzila ilayka. They claim to believe what was, in what was revealed to you or to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa ma unzila min qablik and what was revealed before. Yuriduna an yatahakamu ila al-taghut. And they want to rule by al-taghut. They want to take their ruling to al-taghut. They disputed and they want to take it to al-taghut. What's Taghut again? Anything that's taken besides Allah as a worship or obeyed or, or followed, right? They want to take their, their affairs to Taghut, someone other than Allah. And you've been commanded to disbelieve in this Taghut. And the Shaytan wants to misguide you 
a far misguidance. Um, this ayah is going to come later on, the re reason for revelation, and that is that a group of the Muslims, but they were actually munafiqeen, so we don't call them Muslims, they're not Muslims, they're munafiqeen. They would go to the Jews, they had a, a, a kahin, a soothsayer, who they would go to when it comes to dispute, their dispute, disputes. Amongst the Arabs, by the way, as a concept, the Arabs, their, their, their judges were the soothsayers, were the, were, the, were the fortune tellers. That was the judge. So if they had a dispute in anything, they would go to that, 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 that source, that magician, or they would go to the soothsayer, or the kahin, they will go to him to say, what should we do in this situation? Where we're having a dispute, who's right and who's wrong? And the Jews, they had one. His name was Abu Barda. Abu Burda, from I remember, Allahu Alam. And they, they would go to the soothsayer. And so when the, some, some group of people who claimed to be Muslims in Al-Madinah, but in reality they were munafiqeen, they were hypocrites. They weren't really Muslims. They just claimed to be Muslim. They preferred to go to this soothsayer of the Jews instead of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. As Ibn Abbas narrates in the Tabari uh, brings in his Tafsir or Tabarani. Tabarani brings in, he narrates it. He, so they went to this soothsayer instead of Allah and His Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed this ayah. Do you see those people who claim to believe in what, what was revealed to you? They want to take their tahakum to al-taghut, to something other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes them as disbelievers in this ayah, for that intention. So when it comes to al-tahakum, there are three situations that a person will come under. When it comes to taking your affairs to other than Allah and His Messenger, you'll be in one of three situations. The first situation is, مَنْ أَرَادَ التَّحَاكُمَ إِلَىٰ غَيْرِ اللَّهِ for someone who in his heart he loves to take, he would prefer to take his rule, to his, his, his dispute to other than Allah and his messenger And rather he loves that and he prefers that and he thinks it's better and he's pleased with it. Okay? And you have the ruling of Allah and his messenger And you have the ruling of someone else. But he would prefer to take it to someone else because he believes in democracy for example. He believes in democracy. And the important, um, the important word here is what? Believes in it. Believes in it. Then this is kufr akbar. Major kufr takes a person out of Islam. Where do we get that from? From this ayah? What word? In Arabic. Uh -huh. Where do we get that? They, he loves it in this ayah. Yuriduna. They want. Yuriduna yatahakamu ila taghut. Not yatahakamu ila taghut. Allah didn't say they go to they do tahakum to taghut. They go and they take their disputes to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. No. They want it and they intend it and they think that's better. Then in that case we say this is major kufr. The second situation is someone who takes his ruling to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but not because he wants the other person other than Allah. He doesn't he doesn't intend the other person. But what does he want? He wants the money. He he knows that if he takes it to Allah and his messenger, he won't get he won't get what he wants, he won't get his desires. And he knows if he takes it to the British court. He knows that he will, be, he will be given something. Then in that case we say, this is a minor type of kufr. And it's not a major kufr. This is minor kufr and it is not major kufr. And number, two, number three is for a person to be forced. He's in a situation where he's not able to get his right other than in this way. 
يعني he's in a non-Muslim land for example and no one there, there's no Sharia court or Islamic court that's going to force me that's going to force someone else to pay me out or, or to give me the money that he owes me for example so he goes to the British court for that reason in that case then this is allowed in that case this is allowed because he is he is mukrah he is forced so this is this is the ruling of the ones who who take other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as as, as judges and in disputing their affairs and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, tells us about these munafiqeen in the Quran that well their, their, their intention was to go to the Jew instead of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam they loved that instead and that's why they were made they were, they were considered to be non-Muslims then Allah says وَقَوْلِهِ تَعَالَى وَإِذَا قِيلَ لَهُمْ لَا تُفْسِدُوا فِي الْأَرْضِ قَالُوا إِنَّمَا نَحْنُ مُصْلِحُونَ when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to them, or when, when it is said to these people, munafiqeen, يعني, لا تفسدوا في الأرض, don't cause corruption in the earth. قالوا, they will say, إنما نحن مصلحون, we are only people who are fixing and we are rectifying the earth. We're not causing corruption. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says and completes the ayah, and he says, أَلَا إِنَّهُمْ هُمُ الْمُفْسِدُونَ These are the people who are causing corruption in the earth. They say it. They say that they actually want to rectify the earth. But then in reality they are causing corruption and this is talking about those people who take other than the ruling of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and no doubt anyone who takes a ruling other than Allah is going to cause nothing but corruption in the earth right because we know that Allah azza wa is the one who knows best he knows best for what is what is better for the people and Allah says in the next ayah in the Quran don't, become, don't cause corruption on the earth after it's been rectified and Allah says in the next ayah and this is a, a rhetorical question Allah is asking. And, this talk, and I'm going to connect it back to the other ayat. Do you seek the hukum of jahiliya? And the hukum of jahiliya, the ruling of jahiliya, and the, the, the judging that is judged by from jahiliya is any, any ruling and judging other than the judging of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When there's an affair uh, between you and uh, a husband and a wife, for example, or a house, or ownership, or land, some people, what they would do, is because they're going to, they're able to, uh, they, 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 if they go to a certain court, they're going to be given things that are haram for them anyway in the first place. They're going to be given that and they take it, then they go to it. But then when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when, when the ruling of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is on his side, he takes it. And this is the, this is the, the, the situation of the hypocrites, the munafiqeen, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us about them, وَإِن يَكُلْ لَهُمُ الْحَقُّ يَأْتُوا إِلَيْهِمْ مُذْعِنِينَ if the truth is the if they're right is with them, they'll come. They'll be happy to go to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala or to the Quran or the Sunnah or to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. But when they're called to other when when the when the ruling is against them, they will never go to them. And this is it goes against the person's yaqeen in Allah. Allah says, yabghun." Do you want the hukum of jahiliya? Yani the ruling of other than Allah. And Allah says after that in the Quran in the same ayah, min yuqinun." Who's better than Allah in ruling? For people who are uh, certain about the deen of Allah. And this is something that a lot of people need to understand. That the, the certainty that you need to have when it comes to the ruling of Allah. And know that it's always the best ruling. There's nothing, and even if you don't understand it, the ruling of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is always going to be the best ruling. Allah says, Allah tells us in the Quran, as I mentioned to you as many times, Does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the one who created, does he not know you best? When he tells you pray five times a day, do you not? He knows you. He know, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala knows why you should pray five times a day. He knows why this is this money that you're you're trying to get is haram for you, and he's telling you it's haram. Riba or selling something that's haram and something that's halal for you. He knows why why it's halal. So for the people who have 
yaqeen, they have certainty in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, these are the people who understand that the hukum of anyone other than Allah is jahiliyyah. Do they seek the hukum of jahiliyyah? Who is better than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in, 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 in uh, hukum, in ruling for people who are certain about the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And that's why the connection, look, don't cause corruption on the earth. Don't cause corruption on the earth. Because ruling by other than the sharia of Allah always causes corruption on the earth. Whether it be a system of criminal penalties, whether it be the system of tax and money, wealth, whether it be marital law, whether it be buying and selling, the ruling of Allah is the only way that the people are going to be uh, judged between them fairly. And that's why it causes corruption. وعن عبد الله بن عمر عن ابن عمر أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال عبد الله بن عمر he narrated that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم he said لا يؤمن أحدكم حتى يكون هواه تبع لما جئت به. None of you will truly believe until your desires they follow what the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم came with. And what the Prophet عليه الصلاة والسلام he came with when it comes to his شريعة the Islam. You're never going to be have true iman until you follow what, the, what your desires what you love. Outwardly we can follow the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم and the Quran and the Sunnah. But the true iman the high level of iman. Is not only when you follow it physically, but internally you also follow it. You follow it yeah, and you know that this is best. Even if you don't understand it, you say, no, I know that Allah's ruling is the best ruling, so I'm going to follow it. Even if it goes against what I want, it goes against my, the, the, my rights or what I believe is my rights. You know? This person, he will never truly believe until this is the status of, of your heart. Some scholars, they say this hadith is weak, but no doubt the meaning is correct. قال النووي حديث صحيح النووي said it's authentic حديث رويناه في كتاب الحجة يعني الحجة by الضياء المقدسي في بيان المحجة this book النووي he narrates in that book بإسناد صحيح with an authentic chain of narration وقال الشعبي الشعبي he said أنا الشعبي is talking about the reason for the revelation of the first ayah لم ترى إلى الذين يزعمون the first ayah why was it revealed الشعبي he narrates but it's weak it's weak narration like it's a story he said, كان بين رجل من المنافقين, a man from the hypocrites, ورجل من اليهود خصومة. There was a dispute between a munafiq and a Jew. فقال اليهودي, so the Jew, he said, نتحاكم إلى محمد. Let's go to the Prophet Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم. He will be our judge. The Jew, the Jew said it. Because he knew, عرف أنه لا يأخذ الرشوة. Because the, the Jew, he knew that the Prophet Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم doesn't take bribery. He's not going to change his ruling based on bribery. As, as the rabbis, they done it. They used to, they used to take bribery. As for the munafiq, the munafiq, the one who didn't really, really believe, but he claimed to be a Muslim, he said, Let's take our ruling to the Jews. Because, Because he knew that the Jews, they take bribery. And so they, took, they went and they took their affair to a kahin, a soothsayer. And I told you, remember the Arabs, they used to take their soothsayers as the judges. في في جهينة in جهينة and جهينة is a tribe. فيتحاكم and جهينة is one of the biggest tribes amongst the Arabs, right? Uh, the many of the companions, the جهني, that's the جهينة. They come from there. Some of them are from Medina. Some of them are in the southern area of Arabia. فيتحاكم إليه and so they took the 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 the, the dispute to this كاهن uh, to the soothsayer who's from the tribe of جهينة. فيتحاكم إليه and so they they took it. فنزلت so Allah سبحانه وتعالى revealed the ayah. ألم ترى إلى الذين يزعمون أنهم آمنوا بما أنزل إليك وما أنزل من قبلك؟ Do you not see those people who claim the منافق? 
He's claiming that he believes in Allah and his messenger and he believes in, believes in, in what, you, what you came down with. And what came down before you. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why or what was some of the narrations narrated why the ayah was revealed even though it's a weak narration but its meaning would be correct. وقيل أن يوصى this ayah was also revealed نزلت في رجلين اختصما that two men they had a dispute فقال أحدهم one of them they said نترافع إلى النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم they said let's take our affair to the prophet Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم وقال الآخر other one he said إلى كعب بن الأشرف كعب بن الأشرف was one of the leaders of the Jews ثم ترافع إلى عمر so then they took it to Umar radiallahu anhu. فَذَكَرَ لَهُ أَحَدُهُمَ الْقِصَّةِ And so one of them, he mentioned what happened. That this one, he said, let's take it to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And the other one said, let's take it to Ka'b ibn al-Ashraf. And so Umar said, فَقَالَ لِلَّذِي لَمْ يَرْضَ بِرَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهِ وَسَلَّمَ كَذَلِكَ Umar radiallahu anhu, he said to him, is that true? Did you actually, is that what happened? You told him, let's go to the to Ka'b ibn al-Ashraf instead of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa Chop off his head there and then. This is a weak narration, it didn't happen. And that's a weak narration. Lakin, no doubt the meaning here, again, is, is uh, similar. So the point is here, returning your affairs to Allah and His Messenger is a wajib upon every single Muslim. We have to take our rulings to the Prophet Muhammad in every single dispute. And what is emphasized, and it's even harder in this country here today. That sometimes your right is something, and in the in the in the in the court they're going to give you something else. And especially, for example, in marital law, custody. When it comes to the children, for example, and this happens a lot amongst people when there's custody for the children, that the woman or the man, instead of going to what does Allah Subhanahu wa Taala give you, and what's the what's the ruling that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala gives, and what's the rights that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala gives in the Quran and the Sunnah, they say no. I'm going to get custody through the courts because the courts they will give it to me. And they know that the sharia can't be applied uh, physically or um, uh, applied on them in this country because we don't live in a place where it's forced by the sharia. So they go and they take the ruling of other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that person is in huge, huge danger of his tawheed. Because part of a person's tawheed is that you take your rulings in every single affair to only Allah and his messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Nothing else. Especially if the other other courts they give you a certain right which goes against the right that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Prophet alayhi salatu wa salam gives you no, I'm sorry, we had the question, sorry. We got Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, you, um, there was something about the ta'hut. You said if a um if someone doesn't rule by Sharia he's a ta'hut. Mm. Does that mean if um you know the Muslim countries today, mm. the Muslim leaders are they ta'hut? Not always, it depends. Whoever rules by other than the ruling of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if he believes in it, then he becomes a taghut. If he believes in it. Yani he believes that it is either better than the sharia, or he believes it is similar to the sharia, or he believes it's halal for him to do so, then in that case he becomes a taghut. But as for if he does it, remember we said if he does it out of desires, because he's gonna, because or out of fear, or out of being forced, then in that case we don't consider that we consider it to be a major sin, or we don't consider it to be kufr. Is that clear? فيه مسائنا. ومسائنا. 
not a matter of the actions. And the only people who's made istihlal, the matter of the actions, are the khawarij. The khawarij are the only people who said if you drink alcohol enough times, you're, you're, you're kafir because you obviously believe it's halal, right? So if, if you take that opinion, if someone does say that, if you bring it into a country that shows that you believe it's halal, then in that case, you must say to that person, to another person, if you keep drinking alcohol, then you must believe alcohol is halal, therefore you're kafir. And if you keep doing this sin, then you must believe that sin is halal, therefore you're kafir. And so that doesn't fit in with the principles of the sharia, and only the people who said that were the kharij. طيب في مسائل الأولى تفسير آيات النساء وما فيها من الإعانة على فهم الطاغوت هي it doesn't mean that the ayah is specific for that situation because the ayah in the Quran is for, generally for everyone, generally. Lakin, if the ayah, if you understand why it was revealed, it will help you understand the actual ayah itself. One of the best books that I've seen in that um, is the book of a Sheikh Muqbil, Ibn Hadi al-Wadi'i, Sahih Asbab al-Nuzul. I think he done it as his master's. Okay, and it's returned translated in English. So I, I, I think everyone should try to get that book. Authentic Reasons for Revelation. It's a very good book. Helps you understand the reasons why an ayah was revealed, the authentic reasons for revelation by Sheikh Muqbil bin Hadi al-Wadi'i rahimahullah ta'ala rahmatan wasi'a So hey, it helps you understand the meaning of Taghut Thaniya tafsiru ayat al-Baqara The second is tafsiru ayat al-Baqara wa idha qila lahum la tufsidu fil ard Thalitha tafsiru ayati a'araf wa la tufsidu fil ard ba'da islahiha Rabi'a tafsiru afahukum al-jahiliyyat yabghun Al-khamisa ma qala al-shaabiyu fi sabab nuzul al-ayah Sadis tafsiru al-imani al-sadiq wal-kathib Tafsiru al-imani al-sadiq wal-kathib The true iman and the false iman The true iman is the one who His desires follow the command of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Tayyib, al-qissat Umar ma'al munafiq الثامنة كون الإيمان لا يحصل لأحد حتى يكون هواه تبع لما جاء به الرسول صلى الله عليه وسلم ويتقول ذلك باب من جحد شيئا من الأسماء والصفات So those two past chapters were in uh, the ruling of Allah سبحانه وتعالى باب من جحد شيئا من الأسماء والصفات And this is talking about This chapter is talking about Denying any of the names of the attributes of Allah عز وجل the names and the attributes of Allah, believing in them, is part of the person's iman. And if a person does not believe in any of the names or attributes of Allah Azza wa Jal, then this person has left the fold of Islam. Yani for a person to say that Allah has no names or attributes. Why? Because if someone has no names or attributes, no, no characteristics, and he has no name, then what is he? It doesn't exist, it doesn't exist right? Someone is a, describe, describe this thing. And you say he hasn't got a name and he hasn't got any characteristics. That you just described what? Nothing. So therefore someone who doesn't believe in the names and the attributes of Allah Azza wa Jal, he has disbelieved in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we're talking about jumlatan generally. If he, if he denies one or two, one or, two or, or certain because of ta'weel, because of a certain interpretation, or because of a certain, he, hasn't, he doesn't believe in it because of a certain reason, then this can be major kufr and it can be a minor type of kufr. And when it comes to the names and attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we need to understand some principles here. The first principle is that when it comes to the al-asma' wa sifat the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah tells us about them, لَيْسَ كَمِثْلِهِ شَيْءٍ There is nothing like it. So we have to understand that there is nothing like 
the attributes of Allah. There is nothing like the attributes of Allah. What do you mean by that? When Allah Azza wa Jal describes Himself, and He says, for example, Ar-Rahmanu ala al-Arsh istawa, Allah has ascended, He has gone above the throne, al-Arsh. This ascension, or this being above the throne, it is not in any way, or not in any way, not, it is not the way that a human being or any creation goes above. Rather, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the way He does things is not the same as anyone else. And you will never understand how it will happen. So these are, that's the second attribute. You will never understand how. The second principle. The way that Allah... So for example, when Allah says uh, to Iblis, What prevented you from doing sujood to Adam? يعني, to whom I created with my, my two hands. We say the two, Allah has two hands, right? But the two hands of Allah is not like the hands of the human beings. They're not like the hands of the human beings. Just like we would say, that the hands of the human being is not like the hand of an ant, right? An ant has different types of hands. And a clock, we say a, a clock has a hand, right? It's not the same as a human hand. And an animal, another animal has a different type of hand. And an animal has eyes. And an animal sees and hears. But the seeing and the hearing of other animals are not the same. Just like that. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is above all of that. The hands of Allah are not the same. They're the most perfect hands. And the sight of Allah is not the same. For example, the sight of Allah. The sight of Allah, how is it different to the sight of the human beings? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, his sight was always present. As for our sight, it was created. It was one day it wasn't there, and one day it's not going to be there. Number two, Allah's sight, he can see everything, right? Human beings, you can only see past that wall. You can't see past that wall, sorry. The, eye, the ears of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, not the ears, the hearing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The hearing of Allah, Allah hears everything. Human being can't hear past a certain range. Another animal can hear further. An animal can hear, another animal is deaf, like the snake. They can't hear anything. But the names and attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they're not like any of the attributes of the human beings. So you can't compare it. You can't say that my hand is like the hand of Allah. And you can't say... So when we, when we affirm the attributes of Allah, when we say Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has certain attributes that are mentioned in the Qur'an and in the Sunnah, then we cannot say or imagine how these attributes are. A man came to Imam Malik and he said, Ar-Rahmanu <clears> ala <throat> al-Arsh istawa, kayf istawa? Ar-Rahman, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he went above his throne. How did he go above his throne? How? Human being goes, above his, goes on a chair by sitting, jumping, whatever a human being does. He asked, how did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala do it? Al-Imam Malik, he, 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 he put his head down. This is a question that wasn't common amongst the Salaf. Because they never asked such questions. They already knew that we can't understand how. And so he put his head down, head down and he started sweating. And then he said, the word istiwa, we know what it means. It means Allah went above. How Allah done it, we don't know. Because how Asking about it is an innovation itself. Because the companions they never asked about it. And you will never be able to understand it because you don't understand Allah Himself. And then he says, well, iman will be wajib, but you must believe in it anyway. And then he said, take this man outside the masjid because he's an innovator. Take him out of the masjid. طيب. Here, the understanding of the how, of the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, why is it impossible for us to get to understand? Because for you to understand something or to, 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 to conceptualize something, you have to either see it or you have to 
see someone else sees it and he tells you how it looks like. Or you see something like it. For example, I, I, have, I have a see it. Have you seen Allah? No, so therefore we can't do that. Has it, or someone sees Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then he describes it to us. Has anyone seen Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? No. Okay, so we haven't. Or you see something like it. You see something like it. And so you say, it's this car is like this car. Has anyone seen anything like Allah? No, there's nothing like Allah. There's nothing like Allah. So therefore, it's impossible for a human being or any creation to understand how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's attributes are. How is his eyes, for example, Allah says, Allah says he has eyes and he has two eyes. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that he has two hands. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that he has a face. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that he's above the throne. How are all these attributes? You will never understand it because you have never seen Allah. And there's something that, Allah, and that we can't comprehend. Whatever you try to imagine is not like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But the point is that we affirm it despite that. We still say, Naam, Allah has hands because he said it in the Quran. That brings us to our next principle. And that is that we only affirm from the names and the attributes of Allah that which is present in the Quran and the Sunnah. You only affirm the names and attributes of Allah that are in the Quran and the Sunnah. You only affirm and you believe in. When I say affirm, you believe in. You only believe in the names and attributes of Allah that are in the Quran and the Sunnah. The first one is that there is nothing like the attributes of Allah. And number two is we do not ask how. We will never understand the how the attributes of Allah are. Number three is that we only affirm and believe in the names and the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that are in the Quran and the Sunnah. Someone can't make up something and say, Allah must have this and that. Allah must be like this and that. Right? Or another common one, which is people they say, Allah is the best architect. Is the name from the name of Allah the architect? No. Even though Allah did create everything. Allah is, someone, or Allah is the best uh, builder or painter or whatever, all of these stuff, all of these things, all of these names and these attributes, we do not give them to Allah unless they are found in the Quran and in the Sunnah because this is something that is tawqifi, something that we can't understand except from the Allah. Yani no one has seen Allah for you, for them to make up something and say that yeah, He looks like this, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala looks like this. No, you can't see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that means we have the, only, the only way we can get that information is from who? Allah Himself. From the Quran or from the Sunnah, because the Sunnah is the revelation from Allah, right? Right. So that is an important thing. An important thing to understand when it comes to the how of the nature of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala is that a person will never be able to understand again the how of Allah. And there are many things like that that you won't be able to understand how. For example, what something that's inside your own body that's closer to you than anything else. What's that? Your own soul. Your soul. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, your soul, how is your soul? What's it made of? Do you guys know? Do you know what your soul is made of? Do you know how your soul looks like? Do you know how, where it, Allah says in the Quran, وَيَسْأَلُونَكَ عَنِ الرُّوحِ قُلِ الرُّوحُ مِنْ أَمْرِ رَبِّي وَمَا أُوْتِيتُمْ مِنَ الْعِلْمِ إِلَّا قَلِيلًا so They ask you about the soul, the ruh. What is the ruh? He said, قُلْ الرُّوحُ مِنْ أَمْرِ رَبِّي The ruh is from the affairs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he knows it. And you have not been given, وَمَا أُوْتِيتُمْ مِنَ الْعِلْمِ إِلَّا قَلِيلًا You've only been given a very little amount of knowledge. Right? So your own soul, you don't know how it is. You don't know what it's made of. You don't know where it is. Where is your soul? You know where your soul is? You don't know where your soul is. You don't know exactly where it is. Some scholars, they mention certain things like, and you don't know what it's made of. You don't know how it looks like. So what about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? If you can't even know something that's inside you, how are you going to know Allah? Rather the sun. Sometimes the sun, you can't even look at it with your own, 
your own your own eyes. Right? You can't even look. So how are you going to comprehend it? You can't. Yeah, none of us have truly 100% comprehended the, the sun, even with the telescopes and the satellites and all that. They can't even get close to the sun. Right? They can't even get that close to the sun for them to truly comprehend it. So how do you think that they're going to be able to, or human beings are going to comprehend how Allah Azza wa is? And this is the mistake that a lot of people they made. They say that the names of attributes of Allah, how can Allah have a hand? It must be like the hand of a human being. Therefore, Allah doesn't have a hand. No, that's why they made a mistake. They tried to comprehend the hand of Allah. They said, no, we don't comprehend it. We don't understand it. Because Allah Azza wa didn't allow us to. But we believe in it. Because He told us that it's there. Right? And that's just like the soul. Yeah. Now, what's the point of someone who puts a new attribute of Allah? Or affirms an attribute that isn't attributed to Allah? What's the ruling? Yeah. Um, generally, it depends. If it's something that has a bad meaning, then it can be kufr. Like in... It's not always, it depends. It depends on the meaning. But generally it's not allowed. It's not allowed. Yeah. Even similes. Not allowed similes. Not even only what Allah mentioned in the Quran and the Sunnah. That's the only ones that we're allowed to affirm. So you're not allowed to translate any names and attributes? No, translate is Mbabi Taqrib. It's from the angle of making someone else understand what you're trying to say. So you're allowed in that situation. But we're talking about when it, when it says, for example, in the, in the Quran, um, for example, Allah says, Al-Khaliq, He's the creator. Do we say from the names of Allah is As-Sani' which means similar to creator? It means As-Sani'? We say no. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, yes, He yasna', He creates. And the word Sani'. Like, we don't say He is, His name is As-Sani'. It's like we say, your name is Muhammad. We don't say your name is Ahmed. Similar, right? Ahmed, the same meaning. Your name is not Ahmed. You might be Ahmed in terms of attribute. You might be. Like in your name is not Ahmed. You understand? So affirming that name for Allah. As for describing the actions of Allah, Allah, Allah creates, Allah um, makes um, hmm? designs. designs. Yeah, Allah designs. For example, I can design from the name of Allah, right? So, you understand the difference? Yeah, I've got another one Mm-hmm. Uh, whenever I look at the translations, there's always. Ar-Rahman and Rahim. This is the. Um, Ar-Rahman is. They both. They, they, these two names, ar They both come back to the mercy of Allah. Rahman. The, the word Rahman. But Rahman is from a different angle. In the Arabic language, you have a, 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 the building of an Arabic word. And some, some Arabic words, they're built. And because of their building, they're made. They have a certain meaning. For example, Fa'alan. Anything that is built on that scale, Fa'lan, Rahman, Ghadban, Atshan, it alludes to extreme and a character, a character inside of that person. So when we say Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a Rahman, it means extremely merciful, very, very merciful Rahman. And it's an attribute to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself that He Himself is Rahman. He has Him Himself, He has Rahman. And as for Rahim, then again, similar, the building of the word Rahim. Uh, what is similar to it in Arabic language like what? Kareem right? Kareem it is an attribute of Rahmah that is shown to the people so the difference so يعني, it is the action of Allah being merciful and it is specific to the believer Allah says in the Quran وَكَانَ بِالْمُؤْمِنِينَ رَحِيمًا Allah is to the believers Rahim so it is the showing of the mercy of Allah so Rahman is the actual mercy of Allah in himself and the Rahim is the action of Allah him being merciful that's the name of Allah, the name of Allah. you understand the difference in that? Do you understand the difference in terms of meaning? Mm. Mm. So one of them is not towards everyone. No, Ar-Rahman is actually, there's another difference. Ar-Rahman is for 
everyone wa rahmati wasi'at kulla shay my mercy is for everyone wa kan rahim specific to the believers wa kana bil mu'minin rahim specifically to the believers he is rahim so it's not yeah quickly last question or last two questions yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, I understand. So, so Rahman, would, you, would it be correct to say the isn't like the noun and then Rahim is No, the they're different. both. They're both a noun. They're both a noun. They're both a noun. But they allude to what they point to is action. Rahim points, shows the action. Mm -hmm. Rahman shows the general mercy of Allah. So Rahman is al rahmat al dhatiya al rahma al fi'liya al mutadiya that goes to other people. Okay. Rahim, yes, Rahman, no. You're allowed to say Rahim. You're allowed to say someone Rahim. Your name is Rahim. It's allowed. But you're not allowed to say Rahman. Rahman, no. Rahman is only for Allah. It has to be Abdul Rahman. As for Rahim, it's allowed. Because Allah called the Prophet وسلم, Rahim in the Quran, right? Said that he's used to the Prophet, وسلم, he's to the, to the believers, Rahim. So you're allowed. Rahim is allowed. Rahman is not allowed. For example, Samad. Samad is not allowed. Allah is not allowed for anyone. Uh, like other names, some Kareem, you're allowed to say Kareem. Abdul Kareem or Kareem? Malik, Abdul Malik, you're allowed. Certain names are like that, certain names are like this. The next attribute, the next, um, um, the next principle is that we do not, we do not um, do ta'wil. We do not falsely interpret, or tahrif would say, we do not distort any of the meanings of the names of Allah. Or the names of the attributes of Allah. We don't distort the meanings. And the, what I mean by distorting is to say, like I just said before, remember someone says, Allah has eyes? I don't understand that. It can't be. Therefore, the eyes that Allah, when He says, Tajri bi a'yunina, speaking about His eyes, they don't mean His eyes. They must mean something else. Or they say, Allah says He has hands and He created Adam with His own hands. So they say, no, hand doesn't mean hands here. It means power, the power of Allah. The hands mean the power of Allah. We don't distort the names of attributes of Allah. Allah, if we understand it, in the Arabic language that, we were, that the Qur'an was revealed in, the Qur'an was revealed to Arabs and it was revealed يعني, at the time to the Arabs, يعني, it was sent down to the Arabs, not just to Arabs, for everyone. Like it was sent down at the time to Arabs in the clear Arabic language. Mubin, clear Arabic language. It was sent down like that. And then, naam, it was revealed in that language. Mm -hmm. The, the Arabic language, so, so these, these words, they were revealed to Arabs. And they were revealed in the Arabic language for them to understand in the way that it was revealed. Therefore, we affirm it the way the Arab would understand it. The way the Arab, if you say to him, I created with my two hands. What would the Arab understand from that? He would understand that it's the two hands. So we understand it like that. He wouldn't understand that it's the power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in that situation. Evident. So we only affirm the way that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us to affirm his names and attributes. We don't change its meaning and distort its meaning. And the people, the reason why they distorted the meanings of the, name, the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is because they thought, no, how could this be? They tried to understand. And this is the, pro this is the problem with trying to understand the in deep meaning of the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because it leads you to what? Say, that's impossible. And then you deny them. And that's what the Asha'ira of today and the Maturidiyya and the Mu'tazila and Jahmiya that's what they do today. They, they distort the names and attributes of Allah and they say, they say we're trying to exalt Allah, make Allah above. Allah can't have hands, He's above that. Allah told you, Allah told you His name and attributes and you're saying Allah is above what He told you. This is the, uh, that next principle. Is that clear? Someone said, the sisters, some people are talking.
سو بليز تراي كيب كوي ان شاء الله <تصفيق> نعم نعم تعطيل نيكست وان از ذا بيرسون دزنت دو ذا نيكست برنسيبل از ذات وي دو نوت دو تعطيل ويتش از اي كونسبت ذات سم بيبل ذي دو ويتش از ذي سي وي بيكوز اجين ات اول كم اول ستمز باك تو اند جوز باك تو them not understanding the name of attributes of Allah. They say, how can Allah have this? How? How can that happen? It's impossible. How? So what do they do? They say, this, this ayah, when it said Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has such and such attribute, we say these words, yad, the words yad, it, don't mean, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. We don't understand it. That's what they say. Negating it. Yeah, negating it. And negate, no, not just negating it. Negating its meaning as well. Yani, they... They, 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 they say, they call it tafweed. They say that when Allah says, Lima khalaqtu bi yaday, I created with my own two hands. What does yaday mean? It means two hands, right? They say, yaday doesn't mean two hands, but we don't know what it means. It's like alif lam mim. Kaf ha ya'in sad. Alif lam mim sad. Do you know the meaning of that? No. They say just like that. That's what they say. Naam. They do tafweed of the meaning, al-ma'na wal kayf. The meaning... And the how. Okay, as for the as for the the the, the, the Ahl Sunnah, what do Ahl Sunnah say? We know the meaning, but we don't know the how. So we do tafwid of the how. So when we see that from the Salaf, when they say, well, kayf غير معلوم, we don't know the kayf, we don't know how. We do tafwid. What do they mean by that? They mean we don't know how, but they do know the meaning. We still say yes, it is hands. It is, it is Allah going above, literally, it is. And when Allah says, "Yanzilu Rabbuna," Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, the Prophet Allah Yisrael told us in the Hadith, "Yanzilu Rabbuna ila al-sama'i dunya." That our Lord, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, comes down in the last third of every night. Every night, Allah comes down. How does He come down? We say He comes down literally, but we don't know how. They might ask a question, and this is, this is an amazing thing about Allah Azza wa Jal to make you understand how you're never going to understand how. Someone may say to you, "Al Shubha," may say to you, "Okay, Allah comes down, but you said Allah is above the throne." How can Allah be above and below at the same time? What's the answer to that? You don't know Allah. Allah is above and below at the same time. You don't know Allah. That's, how, that's, how, that's to show you how much you don't know Allah. Like how much we're never going to understand the how of Allah. Yani a human being cannot comprehend something being there and there, right? You cannot comprehend that. But we say, Naam, Allah is above the throne and He comes down in the last third of the night. How? What's the answer to that? We don't know because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala never told us how. He's a, Allah Azza wa is not like creation. He's not like creation. Understand that? Does that help a lot? Or does it make it worse? Some people may have may, made them worse. Like it was, how? Huh? Do you understand that, I guess? Did it make it worse for anyone? Ayub? No. <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. Huh? I was going to say, should we take it as a principle that any interpretation should not go against the apparent meaning? As a principle? Yes. Should we take it as a principle that any interpretation should not go against the apparent meaning? Yes, that's a principle. Sahib. Is that clear? The attributes of Allah. Name the attributes of Allah. These are some principles. And when it comes to this book, Sabbath Tawheed, wasn't made for this topic. He broke this chapter just to, you know, out of there. But when it comes to this topic, you go into the higher books of Aqidah, like Al Aqidah to Wasatiyah, where he goes into more details. Inshallah Ta'ala will do it one day and we'll go into more details with it. When Allah talks about uh, Bayat al-Rabbalah, he mm. says, uh, uh, Allah, yeah, yeah, what the, uh, I've always been to understand the meaning of it. Uh, al, al, same thing. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the hand of Allah, yani Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, his hands above the hand. Yani, they give bi'ah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Not, not literally. Like, they give bi'ah to Allah. Yani, just like someone says, and this is something that's not an interpretation of the hands of Allah. It is the, 
Arab language. So remember we said that the names and attributes of Allah, we understand it according to the Arabic language. And some people they say that the Arabic language, it has um, majaz. It has... Um, what's going on? Uh, no, no, no. Metaphors. Metaphors. So when Allah says his hand, it's a metaphor. It doesn't really mean his hand. We say no. This is the Arabic meaning. This is the Arabic. In the Arabs, they would say, Yadullah. They would say that for someone who gave bay'ah. And they gave bay'ah for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's what it means. No. Mm. Yeah. The Jahmiya, the, all of the Salaf. All of the Salaf, they made takfir of the Jahmiya. Now the Jahmiya, they they weren't they had many different things when it comes to their belief. Their belief wasn't just asma' al-sifat. Their wrong belief wasn't just names and attributes of Allah. And from the differences that Jahmiya, back in the, in, the, in the Salaf, they would deny all of the names and attributes of Allah, all of them. Ashāʿira today they affirm seven. They affirm at least seven. The Jahmiya, they would deny everything. And Jahmiya had many other kufriyat. That was one of them. Number two was that they would say the, the Jannah and the Hellfire is not, is not real. They would say Jannah and Hellfire is going to end eventually anyway. And the people, they're going to just be there and they're going to stay still. There's not going to be any movement anymore in Jannah and the Hellfire. And they, and they would believe also, they would say that um, Iman is just for you to know Allah. And if you know Allah, you're a mu'min. In that case, according to them, Iblis is a believer, right? Because he knows Allah. So Waqi' al Jarrah made takfir on them because of that. No, no, know Allah. Just to know Allah. You know, you know about Allah, you're, you're a believer. So Jahmiyyah, they had, way, they had more, more, dis, more types of disbelief. But no doubt when it comes to the Asha'ara today, they agreed with the Jahmiyyah in many of their opinions of names and attributes of Allah. When it comes to the name and attributes of Allah, the Asha'ara today, they follow the Jahmiyyah in the majority of these things. Except that they affirmed seven and they went against, they went, they went against the Jahmiyyah in certain things. Like when it comes to, for example, when a Tirmidhi talks about the hand of Allah, Azza wa Jalla in his jam'i, he says, whoever says this, that the hand of Allah is the power of Allah, then he's, he's gone with the Jahmis. He's, he's agreed with the Jahmiya. So that's Shaira believe today, right? They believe that. And so they affirm, they're, they're the same as the Jahmi in these, in these, in these things. So they're different to Jahmiya in certain ways, but in terms of name and attributes, they follow the path of the Jahmiya almost 100%. Mm -hmm. Alright, last two questions. Yeah. As for Imam Nawi ibn Hajar, look, there's, there's, there's a, that's a good question. What about Imam Nawi ibn Hajar? Um, there's a principle you have to understand here. Sometimes, and this is something that, again, a lot of times, due to a lot of people, they get confused because they haven't read the books of the Salaf very well. They say that someone is a Jahmi or Ash'ari because he agreed with them in one issue or two issues or certain, certain masail, certain issues. Like Imam Ahmed, Naam. So Imam, Imam Nawawi and Ibn Hajar, yes, they did make mistakes. And everyone makes mistakes. And they made mistakes and they agreed with the Asha'ara in certain issues. Like for example, at, uh, interpreting certain sifat characteristics of Allah جل, in a way that the Asha'ara done. They done that. But when it comes to the majority of the principles of the Asha'ara, the principles of the Asha'ara, they didn't, they didn't agree with them. So we'd say, yes, they agreed with the Asha'ara in certain issues and they disagreed in other issues. Wallahu, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive them. So it's wrong to say that they were Ash'ari. And is it right to say they're Ash'ari? I believe it's wrong to say they're Ash'ari, no doubt. That's what, some of the scholars, they do say they were Ash'ari because they agreed with them certain issues. Like in, if you if really, and to say they're Ash'ari the same way and to put them in the same, in the same bracket as Al-Razi and Al-Ghazali 
and uh, Abu Al-Ma'ali Al-Juwaini to put them all in the same bracket. Ibn Hajar and Al-Nawi is not, it's not fair at all. They were completely different. No, this is There's nothing like Allah, right? Same thing. Nothing like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Same thing, huh? Uh, some of the ulama they mentioned that Sheikh Salih al Usaymi, Hafizullah, he mentions that he said that Imam Nawawi he repented from many of his opinions in terms that were in agreement with the Asha'ira. He repented towards the end of his life anyway. They say that. Wallahu a'ala. They do say that. But the book is not found right now. But he mentioned that it was mentioned by Ibn Attar. And Ibn Attar was one of his close students. So the book it might, it might have been lost, but Ibn Attar's close student affirmed it. So, Wallahu a'ala, maybe, maybe it was present. طيب, is that clear? Um, and also, all the principles that I was going to mention, and when it comes to, um, this is a little bit of a side point because you guys mentioned Jahmiya and Ashaira and things like that. Sometimes we find that Imams of the Salaf, they say, whoever says such and such is a Jahmi. Whoever says that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't, or something like that, he's a Jahmi. And then you find later on an Imam saying that, same opinion. Imam Ahmed, for example, he said, Man qala, uh, whoever says about the hadith of Surah, hadith of Surah, you learn, learn about it. Whoever says that Allah, uh, the hadith of Surah is talking about Adam, يعني, Allah created Adam ala surati, Adam himself, you don't understand it like Nabla Abbas, then he's a Jahmi. Whoever says that, then he's a Jahmi. Abu Bakr ibn Khuzayma, he said it. Do we say Abu Bakr ibn Khuzayma, Imam Ahmed said he's a Jahmi and a Kafir? No. What does he mean by that then? He meant that he agreed with the Jahmiyyah in that certain issue. And a lot of people, they say, they say, look, Imam Ahmed said that whoever says that is a Jahmi, therefore you must say Sheikh Al-Albani is a Kafir, you must say Sheikh Ibn Baz is a Kafir, because they said this, they may have made, made, made a mistake. So according to you Salafis, huh? according to you Salafis, Sheikh Al-Albani is a Kafir, according to you. Why? Because Imam Ahmed said that whoever says such and such is a Jahmi. But why, why, is, that, why is that wrong? Because he hasn't, whoever says that, is, that hasn't understood the books of the Salaf. The books of the Salaf, the way they speak, if, you don't, if you're not into it, if you're not reading it, you're just, the first time you read it and you come out and you speak, you think that you know it all, and you think, wow, I discovered something that Ibn Taymiyyah never knew. You think I discovered something, wow. First time you read it, and you think he discovered something new, huh? And they go put it out to tell everyone, as if he thinks that he made the discovery, huh? La, that's because you haven't understood the books of the Salaf properly. When they say that, when they, see, they, when they say these kind of general statements, they don't mean it to uh, apply it to a certain people. They mean the issue itself. That this issue was an issue that the Jahmiyyah they made, got wrong. And whoever gets it wrong, just like the Jahmiyyah, then he has agreed with the Jahmiyyah in this, in this issue. But it doesn't mean he's a Jahmi himself. You understand? And it's an important principle to understand. Sorry, Ustaz. Um, I was going to ask about that hadith. What's the correct way to understand it? What hadith? Khalaqa Adam ala surati, yani Khalaqa Adam ala surati Allah. Allah created Adam in, in, in the surah of Allah, in the way of Allah. And that's the way we understand it. Bidun, without takif, without asking how, and we understand it in that way. Just like that. Like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created the Adam. I quickly last question. They say philosophy killed the donkey, so I'm thinking too deep. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, وَهُمْ يَكْفُرُونَ بِالرَّحْمَانِ Talking about the mushrikeen. They disbelieve in Ar-Rahman, the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Ar-Rahman. 
And the Mushrikun, some of the scholars they mentioned that the only name that the Mushrikun of the Arabs, of the Quraysh, the only name that they denied from Allah was Ar-Rahman. Rather they knew the other, a lot of the other names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They knew it. But the one that they denied was Ar-Rahman. And Allah made takfir of them because they denied the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Ar-Rahman. So whoever denies a name of Allah azza wa jal, then he becomes a disbeliever. He said that this name does not exist. It's not a name of Allah. Even if it is, and he says that, if it is found in the Quran and Sunnah, I don't believe in it. That's what we mean by that. We don't mean someone who comes and he says, I don't understand it, therefore he, might, he, has, a, he has an interpretation. He uses some sort of philosophy, some sort of logic. And then he interprets and he says, this, so therefore it must not exist. In this, case, in this case, we say this person has fallen into bid'ah, innovation, but he's still a Muslim. وفي الصحيح البخاري وفي صحيح البخاري قال علي علي رضي الله عنه يسأل حدث الناس بما يعرفون أتريدون أن يكذب الله ورسوله he says tell the people and speak to the people according to their level according to their, what they know do you want them to deny Allah and His Messenger and this is an important lesson for anyone who's teaching that when you're teaching the people don't teach them concepts that they're not ready for a lot of times Islam or generally anything um, people are not ready for certain concepts because of their level of knowledge or the level of Iman. They're not ready for it. Because it might be something that they're not, number one, maybe because they're not ready for it, they, they, they would never be able to understand it properly yet. They will understand it later on in their life, but right now they wouldn't understand it. Just like a child. You tell a child something, there's certain things you can't tell a child, even if it's the truth. You can't tell them why, because they're not going to understand it. And they might interpret it in a wrong way, and then that would lead them to denying Allah and His Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And so Ali radiallahu was talking about this saying, Hadithun nasa bima Speak to the people according to their level. Aturiduna, do you want them to deny Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? And this is talking about speaking about concepts, high, huge concepts that the people are not ready for. Especially when it comes to speaking about the names and attributes of Allah. A mistake that a lot of people do is that when they first teach a brand new student, about the names and attributes of Allah, what do they do? They go into the arguments of the other side in deep detail. And then they go to the arguments and then they say they refute the argument of Ahlul Sunnah. And what, 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 would they, what would they have done sometimes? They will, put the, they will expose that person to a shubha, to a doubt that they can't answer. And then when you answer it for them, it wasn't convincing. So you gave them a doubt. They understood the doubt but didn't understand the answer. Right? And this is a huge mistake that a lot of people do when it comes to teaching people about the names and attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? So that's why a person should try to stick to speaking about what Ahlul Sunnah they believe about it. The principles of Ahlul Sunnah when it comes to it. And that best if you give one or two examples just to make it understand, understandable. But as for going into huge details about philosophy and these, these, these concepts, why the Jahmiya and these people, they refuse the name of attributes of Allah. And no doubt these people were, don't think that these people were like, Know that their arguments are very dimwitted, and you can see it's from shaitan. Like they were human beings, just like us. And if they were deceived, another person can be deceived, right? They're human beings as well. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keep us firm. So a person needs to have his firm, his, as they say, you know, have your own, uh, your, your knowledge, your foundations firm. And then you, when you need to, you can go into the other side. The point is that person, when it comes to talking about the names and attributes of Allah, we should always focus on speaking about the beauty of Allah Azza wa Jal and the names of Allah, and putting it into the hearts of the people when we understand Al-Hakim. For example, when you say Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Al-Hakim, the most wise. Allah is the most wise. Understanding this concept of Allah being the most wise, that Allah Azza wa Jal is the most wise, so whatever He does to you, and whatever happens to you in your life, He done it, he done it with a purpose. And it was something that was good for you, 
Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Ar-Rahman, the most merciful. He's not going to do something that has, has no wisdom behind it or is not, is not based on mercy. And when we don't understand something from the concepts of the religion of Allah Azza wa Jal, then we say Allah is Hakim. He's the most wise, so he must be good even if I don't understand it. Allah is the most wise. He knows why it's good. I don't know why. Or you see that in the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Al-Ali. He's the most high. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the most high when it comes to his, his, his might and is also the most high physically as well. Understanding that that gives you what? a sense of haiba, a sense of يعني, fear of Allah azza wa jal and you see the greatness of Allah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, 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 is the biggest of everything, is bigger than everything. Allah Akbar is bigger than everything else. When you look at the name of attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Al-Malik is the king. And what does that give you in your heart? It makes you humble. And you think you're someone in this dunya. You think the people, they respect you. You think you're a king, a real king in this world. Maybe you're a real king, you're the president, prime minister, whatever you are. Lakin Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the true king. When someone understands that, what's they going to take out of their heart? It's going to take out of your heart that sense of arrogance. That sense of thinking that you're someone boasting. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is al-ghani, the most rich. It's going to make you, your wealth, you're going to know that it's all from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I'm nothing, I'm poor. When Allah is al-ghani, al-hamid. He's the one who doesn't need anything else. That means that gives you a sense of need to Allah. Because Allah is the only one who doesn't need anything. When you understand that Allah is a samad. What does the samad mean? Samad is the one who we go back to in all of our needs. The one that is the, the highest of, of, of masters. He owns everything. The one that we go back to when we need something. Understanding that's the name of Allah. Allah is the one that I need to go back to. What's that going to make you do? I don't need the creation, I don't need the human beings for anything. I'm only going to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for it. This is the way that a person needs to understand the names and attributes of Allah. Describing, and that's why Allah, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes himself in the Quran, it's always connected to the actions of Allah or the ruling. When Allah gives a ruling, This is when the, when the thief he steals, you cut off their hand. But Allah says, at the end of it, it says, Wallahu azizun hakim. Allah is almighty. He's all, he is ghalibun ala amri. Aziz, yani al-ghalibu ala amri. He's the one who is all-powering over everything. He has power over it. And he is hakim. He's the most wise. So someone, when he looks at the ruling, why does Allah say you have to cut off the hand of the thief? We see Allah is hakim. We see at the end of the ayah. So this is the way that a person needs to really contemplate and understand the names and attributes of Allah. And this is not the, the time yani, for it. There's a book for it. But inshallah, ta'ala, I hope that you guys do go home and take this concept back and try to indulge yourself and contemplate and think about the names and the attributes of Allah and how that affects you in your life. And that's why that's, that's the um, actualization of the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when he said, Allah has 99 names. Man ahsaha dakhal al-jannah. He doesn't have only 29 names. He has 99 names. Sorry. Allah has 99 names. Not only 99. He has more. Like and he has 99 as well. 99 names. Whoever man ahsaha, what does it mean man ahsaha dakhal al-jannah? Whoever enumerates it or he went into jannah, yani he memorizes them and acts by them. Acts by these names of Allah. Understanding, how, what do you mean by act, acting by it? You understand the name of Allah and you act accordingly. Understand the name of Allah and you act accordingly. When you understand al-malik, al-quddus, al-salam, al-mu'min, al-muhaymin, al-aziz, al-jabbar, al-mutakabbir, all of these things. When you see the name al-mutakabbir, the arrogant, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who has al-kibr, al-kibr. Kibr is amongst human beings, is it good or bad? Bad. Like in Allah, he deserves it. He's allowed to have it. In the hadith, he said, Al-Kibr uh, um, al al is my overgarment. 
Whoever tries to take it off me, meaning whoever tries to be arrogant on this earth, I will punish him with the hellfire because I'm the only one who's allowed to have kibr. No one else, only Allah. So understand that. What does that do to you? It makes you humble. And the hadith of the Prophet whoever humbles himself to Allah, Allah will raise him. Right? So these are the way that a person needs to understand and study the names and attributes of Allah. Then he says, وَرَوَى عَبْدِ الرَّزَّاقٍ عَمْ مَعْمَرٍ عَبْدِ الرَّزَّاقِ عَمْ مَعْمَرٍ عَنِ ابْنِ طَاوُوسٍ عَنَ بِهِ عَنَ بِنَا بَاسِ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمْ أَنَّهُ رَأَى رَجُلًا انْتَفَضَ لَمَّا سَمِعَ حَدِيثًا عَنِ النَّبِي صلى الله عليه وسلم في الصفات The Aman, Ibn Abbas رضي الله عنهما, the companion and the cousin of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم saw a man انتفضه, he was annoyed or shocked when he heard about a hadith that was talking about one of the attributes of Allah maybe he didn't understand it so Ibn Abbas, he said, فَقَالَ مَا فَرَقُ هَؤُلَاءِ Why are they, why, what's wrong with this person? Why is he scared about this? يَجِدُونَ رِقَةً عِنْدَ مُحْكَمِهِ وَيَهْلَكُونَ عِنْدَ مُتَشَابِهِهِ When there's something that is clear, cut in the Qur'an, they feel, they feel content, okay? But when something is not clear to them, then they, they, destroy, they become destroyed. And this is something that is a problem with people. That when, when a shubha, when a, when a doubt comes, or something that you don't understand comes in the Qur'an and the Sunnah, straight away they jump to reject it. And this is a problem. A person needs to understand that a shubha, a doubt that has come, it has an answer. You might not have the answer right then and then, but it has an answer in the Qur'an and in the Sunnah. And so he said that these people, they, they become destroyed when they hear these names and attributes. The point is that we should, our, 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 our reaction, our reaction, to hearing the names and attributes of Allah shouldn't be how. It should be I hear and I submit. I hear and I obey. طيب. ولما سمعت قريش رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يذكر يذكر الرحمن أنكر ذلك. When Quraysh they heard the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم mentioning the name of Rahman, they denied it. فأنزل الله فيهم and so Allah سبحانه وتعالى revealed about them وهم يكفرون بالرحمن and they deny الرحمن. في مسائل الأولى عدم الإيمان بشيء من الأسماء والصفات. And if someone doesn't believe in the names and attributes of Allah, then no doubt that's a huge sin. Al-Thaniyah, You shouldn't speak about what someone, the hearer, the one listening, he doesn't understand. Don't speak about it. Al-Rabi'ah, ذكر العلة أنه يفضي إلى تكذيب الله ورسوله ولو لم يعتمد ولو لم يتعمده أو ولو لم يتعمد المنكر. يعني mentioning the the reason why you don't you don't mention things that are above people's heads, they won't understand it, because it might lead them to deny Allah and His Messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam. الخامس كلام ابن عباس لمن لمن استنكر شيئا من ذلك وأنه أهلكه. That when you deny an attribute, the name of from the attributes of Allah, Ibn Abbas he said he became destroyed. So denying any of the names and attributes of Allah, it is a destruction. This chapter, Babu Qulay Taala, next chapter. They understand the ni'mah of Allah and then they, they deny it. And this is the first chapter talking about a series of chapters that speak about our words. Our words should have tawheed in it. Our words should be carefully picked out so we do not say anything that goes against the tawheed of Allah. The rights of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Like for example when he says here, الله, A person is talking about the one who attributes a blessing to other than Allah. 
attributing a blessing to other than Allah. Hmm. Attributing a a blessing to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by words. And it has different situations, no, not by words necessarily, sorry. Attributing a, a, a name, a, a, a blessing to other than Allah. And it has two different situations. The first one is just by words. You say it, by, like, you, say, you say it just by words, but you don't believe in it. For example, someone says, um, Is the smartest? No, no, no. You say, I earned this money myself. I earned this money through my own hard work. Uh, Huh? Believing in it? Saying it, I'm talking about. Just the word. We're talking about just the word. So the first situation is for someone just to say that. He said, I made, I made the money myself. Right? Or you said, Or you say, if it, wasn't, if, oh, if it wasn't for you, this wouldn't have happened. If it wasn't for you, it wouldn't have happened. Or if it wasn't for so and so. This wouldn't have happened. You're attributing this blessing to you, to that person. Then this is a sin. It's not allowed. It's a minor type of shirk. Okay? And the second type is a person to say it whilst believing that it wasn't from Allah, it was from himself. He says it and he doesn't believe it's from Allah. He says, this wealth I earned it myself. Meaning it wasn't from Allah, it was from me. لي وما أظن الساعة قائمة. For example. Mm. So, so I heard a person saying here, um, the only way I'll lose my house, and the basically the person was telling them, if Allah wants to take it away from me, then he will. And this person was saying, the only way I'll lose my house is if I stop working. No other way. This is dangerous, yeah, there's dangerous territory to say that if I stop working then I will lose my house. You say if I stop working I may lose my house, that's allowed, that's different. If you say, if you say in a way where 100% I'm going to lose my house without attributing it to Allah, then no doubt this is dangerous. Yeah. Exactly, that's the, that's the next point that we're about to make. That person, now we have a situation where someone might say, if it wasn't for, for example, the companions, then we wouldn't have had our Islam. Okay, or something like that. Then we say, this, there's a, there are similar, similar statements, like if it wasn't for so and so, then it wouldn't have happened. If a person does this and it, you him, it makes you think that it's only from that person, then it's not allowed. As for if someone is known in that everyone knows, everyone knows that it's from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then in that situation it's allowed, in that situation. In that, in that case, it's allowed. You understand? So if, if it's something that is known amongst everyone that it's from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then it is something that is allowed, but it is better not to do it. For example, someone says, if it wasn't for you, I would never have been guided. Because you're the one who taught me, for example. You're the one who you, you gave me da'wah, for example. I would never have been guided if, guided if it wasn't for you. Then this is something that is not the best. Lakin, if it's known that you, you mean the, the, for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then it's allowed. But if someone's is something that is known, is not known, it's not clear that you mean it's from Allah Azza wa Jal, then in that case you're not like you have to own, you have to say if it wasn't for you, if it wasn't for Allah and then you. Okay, and we're gonna come to the whole concept of and then after that, inshaAllah ta'ala. Um, I actually have two questions. Mm. Um, one of them was um, you know kalam, like what is the Salaf say about kalam, 
علم الكلام يا علم الكلام علم الكلام the salaf they would they were very against it they were very against it like Imam Shafi said about علم الكلام the one who learns علم الكلام should be taken on a donkey and beaten and portrayed and be paraded around the city and should be said to him this is the punishment of the one who learns علم الكلام no, yeah, so those people who fell into, who learned Ilm al-Kalam, um, there's different types of Ilm al-Kalam generally. The Greek philosophy, and this is what a lot of the later scholars like Al-Ghazali, they learned. And there's no doubt, this, this kind of Ilm al-Kalam is something that's wrong, it's wrong. Uh, a lot of it, because it has concepts that are not from the Quran and the Sunnah. Okay, it, may, it has concepts that are not from the Quran and the Sunnah. As for certain types of Ilm al-Kalam, that came later on that helped someone understand things, which is known as mantiq. Al mantiq. Then that's um, basic logic, like usul al fiqh, which is allowed. So they differ, they differed between they differentiated between ilm al kalam and al mantiq. As for ilm al kalam that was present back then, then it was Greek philosophy that they were talking about. As for al mantiq today, that's present today, then it's something that it doesn't always have bad things in it. As for Imam al Ghazali, they fell into innovations. They fell into innovation, no doubt. When he's asked, when he's talking about um, saying that kind of statement, if it wasn't for the companions, we would have ne- we would have never had Islam. Then again, if a person understands that it's from Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, and we understand it, so to say that for Khadija, for example, then it's fine because we understand it's from Allah Azza wa Jal, and they were the means that Allah used to spread Islam. So if you, if that's what's understood, then it's fine. As for if someone saying that if it wasn't for so and so, Islam would never have spread. And they completely forget about Allah Azza wa Jal, then it's not allowed. But in that situation, it's allowed. Because we understand that it's from Allah. Allah is using that, the companions, Khadija radiallahu anha, as a means for the spread of Islam. Is that clear? Let's take questions after, inshaAllah. يَعْرِفُونَ نِعْمَةَ اللَّهِ ثُمْ يُنْكِرُونَهَا But write down your questions, yeah, inshaAllah. قَالَ مُجَاهِدٌ مَا مَعْنَاهُ هُوَ قَوْلُ الرَّجُلِ هَذَا مَالِ وَرِثْتُهُ عَنْ آبَائِي so this ayah is talking about the person يَعْرِفُونَ نِعْمَةَ اللَّهِ They, 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 they um, recognize the ni'mah of Allah, the blessing that Allah gave to them. ثُمَّ يُنْكِرُونَهَا And then they deny that it's from Allah. They deny it. Mujahid is talking about this ayah. He's saying, هُوَ قَوْلُ الرَّجُلِ He's talking about someone who says, هَذَا مَالِ وَرِثْتُهُ عَنْ عَبَائِي This is my own wealth. I got it from my inheritance. And he's trying to say that Allah didn't give me this wealth. I got it from my own self. And this is someone who, someone who believes that he got it from his own self. And this is kufr. It's talking about, for example, in the in the ayah of the man in Surah Kahf, in Surah Kahf, when the when the, the person in the garden, right? What did he say? He said, "This money I earned on my own self." Like says, "I don't. I believe I got it from my, my own self, and I don't believe there's going to be a day of judgment." So the source of this person is a kafir because they believe that this wealth they earned it themselves without Allah Azza wa Jal. وقال عون بن عبد الله فعون بن عبد الله said يقولون لولا فلان لم يكن كذا if it wasn't for so and so this would never have happened okay and it's better to avoid and it's better for a person to say 
لولا لولا الله ثم فلان. If it wasn't for Allah and then you, because Allah used you as a means. Okay. For example, you say if it wasn't for Allah and then you, I would never have got this job. If it wasn't for Allah and then you, I would never have been guided. If it wasn't for Allah and then you, and then you don't say and. But we're going to come to that inshallah in the next chapter. وقال ابن قتيبة يقولون هذا بشفاعة آلهتنا. ابن قتيبة said this is by our gods. Besides Allah subhanahu wa taala, they will say our gods. They they are the cause for such and such blessing. And this is all part of disbelieving and being ungrateful for the name of Allah. قال أبو العباس أبو العباس بن تيمية رحمه الله says بعد حديث زيد بن خالد الذي فيه أن الله تعالى قال أصبح من عبادي مؤمن بي وكافر. Talking about the hadith when the rain came at the day of Hudaybiyah. Remember, remember the Hudaybiyah when the rain came in the morning, and some of the companions they said that this came from Allah, and some of the companions they said this came from the stars. And then, so they attributed a blessing to who? To the stars, right? To other than Allah. So he says, وَقَدْ تَقَدَّمْ وَهَذَا كَثِيرٌ فِي الْكِتَابِ وَالسُنَّةِ This um, prohibition of, of attributing a blessing to other than Allah, it comes a lot in the Qur'an and the Sunnah. يَذُمُّ سُبْحَانَهُ مَنْ يُضِيفُ إِنْعَامَهُ إِلَىٰ غَيْرِهِ وَيُشْرِكُ بِهِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he dispraises the one who attributes a blessing to other than him. And he does shirk with him. وَقَالَ بَعْضُ السَّلَفُ the wind was good. Yani the wind was the one that gave us the, you know how wind pollinates the, 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 um, the crops, right? So it's as if you're saying, the wind is the one that pollinated the crops. And the, the, the captain of the ship is very good, that's why we were saved. You're a good driver, that's why we, you, you missed that car crash. No, it was from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And similar statements to that, that are on the tongues of many people. A person, the, the point of this chapter is that you need to understand. A person needs to purify his tongue with Tawheed. That everything you attributed to Allah, if it wasn't for Allah, and then you can say that. And it's better to say if only for, it wasn't, if it wasn't for Allah, it would have, been, would have crashed. If it wasn't for Allah, then I wouldn't have got this harvest. If it wasn't for Allah, I would have not, I would have not been able to make this money. If it wasn't for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I wouldn't have done this. That's the best. And you can say if it wasn't for Allah, and then you, that's fine, and then. Not saying if it wasn't for Allah and you. There's a difference, huh? And we're going to come to it. As for saying if it was only for you, then again, a person should generally avoid it. Should generally avoid it. And if a person, um, in, in different situations, it can be a type of major and minor shirk. الأولى تفسير معرفة النعمة وإنكارها معرفة أن هذا جار على السنة كثيرة على السنة كثيرة تسمية هذا الكلام إنكار للنعمة. So this is a type of denying the blessing of Allah. To attribute it to someone else. Uh, الرابع, a person can have, he understands the ni'mah of Allah and he also rejects it in the heart, in the same heart. He understands and he knows from Allah, but in his, similarly, not in the same heart, sorry, in the same heart. He, he understands the ni'mah of Allah, but he still denies it on his tongue. Mm. And this chapter, the next chapter is also similar. We'll take one more chapter, huh? You guys are tired. We'll take one more chapter, inshallah ta'ala. فَلَا تَجْعَلُوا لِلَّهِ أَنْدَادًا وَأَنْتُمْ تَعْلَمُونَ And this is again to making, making the, uh, someone similar to Allah in wordings as well. So giving, making, Allah, making with Allah rivals. Al-Andad, Al-Andad is the proof of the word An-Nid. An-Nid. An-Nid is a rival with Allah. And it comes from Al-Musawah. It's to make someone similar to Allah. So you make him as a rival, and you make him similar to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You make someone on the same level as Allah. Whether it be in your actions, or whether it be in your 
speech. Actions and such as what? Worshipping other than Allah. Or in your speech, and we're going to take that here, inshaAllah ta'ala. So look what Allah says in the Quran. فَلَا تَجْعَلُوا لِلَّهِ أَنْدَادًا وَأَنْتُمْ تَعْلَمُونَ Do not make um, with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rivals. Do not give Allah rivals whilst you know. Ibn Abbas, he commented on this ayah and he says, Al-Andad, these rivals are. It is a type of shirk which is more hidden than the footsteps of an, of an ant. On a black rock. <coughs> in a dark night. How hidden is that? You see an ant when it's dark and the rock is black. So you, can't, you can't see the ant, right? What is it? What is this type of shirk? To say, I swear by Allah, I swear by your life. I swear on my life, I swear on my mom's life, or my grandmother's life, or this life, someone's life. It's a type of shirk. Ya fulana. Wahayati, you swear on your life. Also, you say, You say, if it wasn't for the dog, the, 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 the thieves would have came into the house. Why? Because the dog barks. When a thief is coming, a stranger comes, the dogs, they start to bark, right? If it wasn't for the dog, the thieves would have came to our houses. Again, you're not attributing it to Allah, you're attributing it to the dog. If it wasn't for the bat, the, the bird, the duck in the house, if it wasn't for the duck, the, the thieves would have came because the duck makes a noise when someone strange comes. The Arabs, they would write poets about that kind of thing. A dog, one of them, they would say that dogs don't ever bark in my house because I'm so generous. They always see strangers, so it doesn't bark anymore. It gave up because I'm so generous. And that's how, that's how they praise each other. And it's, it's nice. And also to say, whatever you want, and whatever Allah wants, and whatever you want. And here's the, the main important thing. Huh? You say, whatever you want, and whatever so and so wants. But what you can say is, What Allah wants, and then what you want. And that's allowed. As for making Allah, saying Allah and this person is the same, then it's not allowed. Or to say, if it wasn't for Allah and you, if it wasn't for Allah and you, I would have, I would have died. Now you say, if it wasn't for Allah, then you, then it's allowed. And then he says, He says, Don't make, don't, don't mention someone else with Allah in that context. This is all the type of shirk. Remember we said, or bihi shirk, bihi kufr is a type, what type of shirk and kufr? Minor, minor kufr. Bihi shirk, bihi kufr is always a type of minor shirk, minor kufr. Rawah ibn Abi Hatim in his tafsir. وعن عمر بن الخطاب رضي الله عنه أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال من حلف بغير الله فقد كفر أو أشرك. Another type of shirk or to make someone equal to Allah is to swear by other than Allah. I swear on my mom's life, I swear on someone's life, I swear on this, I swear on that. This is a type of shirk. The Prophet said, Man halafa Whoever swears by other than Allah, فقد كفر, then he's committed kufr or ashraq or he's committed shirk. Rawahu tirmidiyu wa hassanahu wa sahahu al hakim. Waqala bin Mas'udin, Lan ahlifa billahi kadiban, a habu ilayam in an ahlifa bilayihi sadiqa. Ibn Mas'ud, he said, For me to swear by other than Allah, for me to swear by Allah, and I'm lying. So you say, Wallahi, I don't, but you're lying. He said, that's better. To lie is better than to say, I swear by so-and-so and you're, and you're telling the truth. Some of the people, they say, when Nabi, huh? I swear by the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. When Nabi, huh? some people, huh? they say, when Nabi, they, they swear by Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala uh, and then they, they say, I'm the, I'm the truth. But when they say, Wallahi, they can lie. 
But when you say, well, Nabi, or I swear by so-and-so, this, this person, or this, or my mom's life, because you think your mom's going to die, if you, if you, don't, if you, don't, if you, if you lie. Hmm? This is worse than to say, Wallahi, and you're lying. To say, Wallahi, and you're lying, is it a major or minor sin? Major sin. And this is worse than that major sin, because it is a type of shirk. And all types of shirk, even if it is minor shirk, is worse than all major sins. Generally, as a principle. Not, not all, but generally as a principle. Um, you know how you said um, Good one. The Quran is the attribute of Allah, so you're allowed. So you're allowed to you're allowed to swear by Allah, His names and His attributes. So you're allowed to say Wallahi, or Wal Rahman, or Wal Rahim, or Wal Mushaf, Wal Quran. You can, because the Quran is the name of Allah. As for the Kaaba, no. Wal Kaaba is, is a type of shirk. Or you can say Wa Rabbil Kaaba, the Lord of the Kaaba. That's allowed. But you say Wal Kaaba, no. Or the well, when Nabi by the Prophet وسلم, or anything other than Allah or his names and his attributes. And Allah and his names and attributes are what? Him, they're all part of him. Allah Azza wa Jalla. So you're allowed to swear about that. As for anything else, whether it be the Prophet وسلم, or the Kaaba, it's not allowed. No. If you die upon that, difference of opinion amongst the scholars, if you die upon that, you will be you're, you're still a Muslim and you that that, that's, that that deed will be on your scale and it won't be forgiven if you die upon it. And there's difference of opinion. Some scholars it can be forgiven straight away. But like if, even if it's on your scale and your good deeds are more, then you still enter into Jannah. Wallahu a'lam. But that shows how dangerous it is. وعن حذيفة رضي الله عنه عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم حذيفة رضي الله عنه narrated the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said لا تقولوا ما شاء الله وشاء فلان Don't say whatever Allah wills and so and so whatever He wills ولكن قولوا but say ما شاء الله ثم شاء فلان Say what Allah wills then what so and so wills The difference is just what? Wow and, and ثم and, 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 and then, yeah, it's a huge difference. رواه أبو داود بسند صحيح وجاء عن إبراهيم النخعي أنه يكره ويقول الرجل أعوذ بالله وبك ويجوز يقول بالله ثم بك قال ويقول لولا الله ثم فلان ولا تقول لولا الله وفلان إبراهيم النخعي from the تابعين he would hate for someone to say أعوذ بالله وبك I seek refuge of Allah and you. you say أعوذ بالله ثم بك I seek refuge in Allah and then you. And you can't say if it wasn't for Allah and, and you. Don't say if it wasn't only for Allah and you. Say if it wasn't for Allah and then you. This is all, again, protecting your words from shirk. So this ayah is talking about major shirk. But here he spoke about minor shirk in it. Thalitha anna al-halifa bi ghayri lahi shirk. That swearing by other than Allah is a type of shirk. Al-rabi annahu idha halifa bi ghayri lahi sadiqan fahu akbar min al-yameen al-ghamus. To swear by other than Allah. Whilst you're telling the truth is worse than to swear by Allah and lie. Al-khamisa al-farqu bayna al-wawi wa thumma fi al-lafz. The difference between wow and thumma. So the point here is what? That a person, a Muslim, needs to purify themselves from the words that they say, every word that you say, check it. How do I say? Allah tells us in the Quran, Allah says, say to my slaves, say alati, alati. If you understand the Arabic language, normally it would be alati. But here he said alati, why? Because it's going back to al-kalima, the word. So not just the sentence. Say every word that is the best. Pick out every word. Don't just pick out every sentence. Pick out every single word and make sure that the word that you say is the best. وَقُولُوا لِلنَّاسِ حُسْنًا Say good to the people. Only say good. Um, 
there's a lot, especially when you you grow up in a non-Muslim area. Just to be honest, even today, amongst Muslim cultures, these type of words of shirk are very prevalent. So a person of tawheed needs to purify themselves from it and purify them family their families from these types of words. For example, people saying "I swear" or "I swear down." Is that allowed? I was, I, was arguing, I, was, I was talking to a brother the other day. I swear down. What does that mean? What does I swear down mean? What are you swearing by? Down. Now I want to know because I checked the Urban Dictionary and it didn't tell me. I want to know what it means. So we have to, we have to give a ruling to it, right? What does it mean? Because if someone says, I swear, it's allowed. You're allowed to say, I swear I didn't do it. I swear I didn't. You're allowed to say that. But I say, I swear down. What does down mean? It's like it's just an emphasis, so I swear down, 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 just like an emphasis, like I'm swearing, like Zakid. Like, 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 Zakid. Yeah, 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 that's basically what it is. Because mm. I, I don't know, I thought it was like I swear down, because you know what they say, I swear in my, 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 my mother's grave, mother's, I thought down was the grave. The grave is down on the floor. I always say, swear down, I don't know, but because when my family would say it, I just, when they would say, they, whenever they say, I swear down, I'd say, swear down, I know that is dangerous. You shouldn't say it. A person should be scared of it because you don't know what it means exactly where it comes from. And even then, yani, swearing by other than Allah, don't swear by other than anything other than Allah. So even those words, saying that kind of word, be careful of it. Be, yani, be diligent when you speak, when you speak. Make sure that you don't enter any shirk in your speech. Don't speak bad about Allah Azza wa Jal. Barakallah fiikum. Sisters has questions. Send it over. Sometimes sisters they have questions and they send it over and then I finish the questions and then there's more questions after after the lesson. The lesson's finished. Send all of them over, inshaAllah ta'ala. Barakallah fiikum. Wallahu alayhi wa sallallahu 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 alayhi wa sall